This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Beware the Ides of March. Indeed, new month, new beginnings. Fortunately, the mark remains a little challenged. Um, things that we really can't control. Uh, that's the setup for things that we can control. And uh, Jack, on the way over to the studio, said, Wolf, I cannot believe how many last-minute RSP contribution calls we still get, despite numerous requests to get it in early. So many of you at home are contributing late, uh, or just in the nick of time. Why do it that way? Uh, you know, RSP season does drive the TSX higher uh, at the beginning of the year, so why be the last man in, or last woman, or last person, him, shim, he, her. Uh, just just get, get it in. Uh, more importantly, automate it. Do it as you get paid. Uh, our lovely producer here, Katya, off air, tell me about the uh, meme theme that she participated in um, to the point where, didn't you say you forgot one of your names? Yeah, that's what happens. Meme that goes down, you forget. I forgot what the name of the company was. No, 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 stop it. Did you learn something? Did you, did you learn anything, Katya, about the, what you did? With your, meme, with your meme trading? I did, I did. Um, I learned to invest properly and keep an eye on your stocks. <laughs> uh, yeah, pay attention. And, and friends at home, you know, it's a lot of work to pay attention. Uh, Jack and I pay attention to about 70 companies each and every day. And well, that is our full-time job. Uh, you have a full-time job, I'm assuming. And therefore, you're paying attention to your job and not the market, which is open while you're at your job. Uh, Jim Jammy's on or not. Um, eh? Absolutely. But uh, you know, I want to you know, carry on with it because, because it's, it's the small little things that you can control that really can drive success uh, over the long haul. You know, I've seen poppers wake up, you know, middle age, later in life with, with bags of money, bags of resources, um, slow, steady, eddy, uh, every paycheck. The, the, the irony is at that point, often many people can't even learn to spend and enjoy the money. I'm going to probably have to take a course on how to enjoy more of my money uh, rather than continuing to amass it. But uh, that's a different a different problem to have. Uh, it's, just, it's just a matter of you get going, get started, uh, don't give up, and time eventually will take care of itself. But the hard work is about 20 to 25 years. But I do want to do a rant. Uh, Jack, I want to pivot over. I know RSP season's over. Uh, life continues. But inflation is a driving force that's keeping the markets in check. Bond yields rising. Uh, and inflation is one thing. That's just higher prices. And uh, we, we have not seen higher prices in a long time. But the, the, the one-two punch on this, and that's really getting me, there's a couple of financial planning tips uh, of pennies that matter over time, uh, and that is food. Uh, so I have to tee this up with a little bit of music. Uh, please, Katya, on the wheels of steel, uh, put the status on the vinyl, and let's hear what you got for me. So here it is, my rant. I've actually got two rants today. Jack and I went up for lunch with Manulife Investments. Very, very fine lunch. Uh, and when the bill came, I said to the host, I had to give some money, I said, uh, be careful you do not tip on tax. Those little machines that they put in front of you default to tipping on tax. I have a problem with that because we are taxed up the wajibis in this country, but to tip on top of it is not right. Uh, Again, you know, people of my elk, old, er, uh, recall the days of 10% tipping. It elevated to 15%. Along comes the digitization. It goes to 18% with tipping on top of the tax. Eating out today is expensive. 
take a family of five out to the keg. To the keg. Jack, how much did that, that, that dinner of five at the keg cost your family recently? I'm going to say it's costing about 100 bucks a person. So plus your tip. So, so, so I'm going to say five, 600 bucks. $500 to go to the keg. All right. 11% PST. Sounds like about $55 to me. 18% on top of that $55, Jack. What's the math? It's another $10 almost. And for what? What did the host or the restaurant do? To deserve another, they, they didn't. I, I will say this: Wolf, you got to break. But, I say you got to break that bill down, my friends. You got to break her down. Back to the paper bill. How much does the food cost? And that's what you tip on. And there you can pick your numbers. You want to go eighteen? Please go eighteen. Fifteen is my number. Uh, and the service better be decent. Uh, I came back from Italy, and uh, there's no tipping. You go to Greece, there is no tipping. Throughout Europe, there is no tip. When you give them five percent, they hug you, they kiss you, they thank you. Some won't even accept it, Jack. I, I kid you not. They say, "Oh, it's too much. Five, five, five euros too much. Just, just a couple of euros is all we want." Not here. I, you I you give them five euros here, they're going to kick you in the you know what. I will push back on one thing. The keg, I believe, is good value for a family. It's very expensive. All eating out is very expensive right now. But the keg is a place where you still can take a family at an affordable price. Five hundred dollars affordable. Well, uh, look at the options. You can afford congratulations. That's good, I know. Look at, no, the, they're, they're look at the options down at the steakhouse in Toronto, Wolf, I know. what you're spending. It's no, crazy. It's incredible. Um, so we got the tipping is- issue uh, taken care of. The next one, the cheese. Your cheese with the cheese, Wolf? No, the cheese on my bagel. Uh, I have an issue. I ordered a bagel which at, at, a, at, a, at a bagel franchise. There's only a few in Canada. Uh, friends, shrinkflation to a new level. They take that cheese and they slice it paper thin, like tracing paper thin, a buck ten per slice of cheese. I said, one's not enough, give me two slices of cheese. My cheese bagel had no cheese flavor and it had double cheese on it, $5.50. I said, I got to stop, I got to comment. I said, and again, I felt sorry for the person who served me, he's just an employee, likely maybe a manager. I said, I got a problem here, this cheese is like not, there's no cheese here, it's thinner than thin, and it's five fifty. like this is not competitive stuff. I, and she said, okay, I'm going to charge you for one slice. That's fine, one slice, but it's still not a cheese bagel. You know, at least back in the day, they had what was called a folio bagel. A friend of mine talked about a folio bagel as a tradesman. Folio bagel is when they take the cheese and they fold it and fold it and fold it. It's like real thick, like eight slices of cheese, but they put it all the front of the bagel. And they wrap it up in cellophane. They show in their little case. And you see lots of cheese, but there's none on the back of the bagel. It's a folio. They fooled you. Eh? Jack, yeah, folio? It, yeah. Well, they didn't fool you with the cheese, Wolf. No, but it, it, we, we have to stand up. At some point, you know, we Canadians are too passive. Uh, okay, I know clients of mine, clients of mine who paid more income taxes last year than they actually took home and pay. Their take-home pay, Jack, was less than what the government took from them. Uh, I'll tell you what the problem with that was. No, the problem is oh. we don't complain about it. And no one cares when you do complain. We are too passive of a people. I, I like, well, what's his name uh, from Twisted Sister? Uh, Snyder. Uh, Sam Snyder? No. I don't know, Wolf. That's before my time with the, the uh, hair band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show about money. We don't got lots of it today, my good friends. We're scrounging for nickels, but they matter. $5 a day saved and invested at 9% for 40 years. I think it equated into about $800,000, if I recall, Jack. Um, so, friends, every month, consistently save money. Learn to cook, uh, and don't let them fool you on your food. You have to stand up and say, enough of this shrinkflation. Uh, you know, you, they, they, can, they can play that game at Halloween. It should stop at some point. I think now is the time. Uh, show is Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. Uh, we're looking for one of our guests. 
uh, Mr. Don Velo. He's a technician, frequently on the show, seasonal investor as well. I'm looking forward to his opinion if we can find him. So quick break. Get right back to the show about money. 640 in Toronto. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my friends. It is Saturday night. A little spring to your stride. Uh, faith. You know, in the world of investing, you must have faith. Um, as long as you own quality, you're fine. Uh, it's when you own junk. Don't have faith. Uh, do not do that. Now, if you own junk, you got to deal with it and get rid of it. But, you know, when you own good quality things, um, yeah, take care of them and think long haul. You'll be fine. Uh, you know, and, and the, one of the best assets to have is a great partner in life. Uh, take care of your partner. Uh, Love your partner. Be compassionate to your partner. Work as a team uh, for the better good. Uh, indeed. Don Velo uh, spending some time with us now. Saturday night. Uh, he's out getting some brewskis or something. I don't know. I was late for the show. But that's okay, Don. It's okay. A little cross, <laughs> a little cross the lines. You deserve it. You are, uh, you, well, you're supposed to be retired, but you just love the market so much. You just continue to publish and join us and guide people. Uh, you're, you're a testament to, you know, good, you know, the, a testament to, what happens when you find something you love uh, in life? Uh, Adon, I'm just mesmerized by your ongoing uh, energy uh, in the market. Well, what keeps you going? Well, it's just there's always something happening in markets, and uh, it's, it's fun for trying to find, figure out uh, which way things are happening, whether it be the market or in commodities uh, or even bonds. There's all kinds of things to watch. To keep us interesting. So, well, I want to bond. So let's start there, Don, if we may, because I, I was really hoping bonds were going to be boring this year, um, but they're not being boring. They're, they're again, quite volatile. Uh, interest rates go up, bonds go down. Interest rates go down, bonds go up. Try to remember that, friends at home. Uh, but the bond yield has grinded its way back above 4%, the 10-year yield that is this week. And again, the, the, rattling the market a little bit. But technically, the S&P 500... Uh, Friends, stay with me for 12 seconds. It continues to trade above its 200-day moving average. And we are still technically in a bear market. And markets don't tend to trade above their longer-term average in a bear market. Uh, so you got this uh, uh, to-and-fro situation going on in the market. You're trying to make sense of it, Don. So any clear signs of direction in any asset classes that you're paying attention to? Yeah, the focus is on interest rates, as you mentioned, the, both in Canada and the United States. Uh, in the U.S., uh, on Thursday of this week, we see we saw the uh, TLTs, which is the uh, symbol for the long-term U.S. Uh, Treasury bonds. It broke down through a support level, implying that interest rates in the U.S. and probably in Canada as well are going to continue to increase. Uh. Now, this comes to a very important point, not too far down the road. Uh, the next FOMC meeting, where the um, Americans decide uh, the interest rates from a uh, from an official point of view, yeah. it looks like they're going to increase uh, the their Fed fund rate by another fifty basis points. And the market was hoping for twenty five, wasn't it? That is open for twenty five. Yeah, yeah, and that implies that uh, we could see that FOMC, that Fed fund rate uh, between five and five and a quarter percent. Now, the interesting thing is that the market's not 
doing very well, hasn't done very well since the beginning of February, because of concerns about rising interest rates, both in Canada and the United States. But the important thing is that this next uh, increase in the official rates probably is going to be the last important one uh, for the year, implying that uh, once you get past the bad news, then equity markets could be lined up for a pretty good move on the upside. Don, I can tell you something anecdotally uh, that Jack and I have noticed this month, last 30 days, uh, through our clients. Uh, One, two, three, four of our clients have said, let me take a little bit of money out of my TFSA or out of my cash account because I have some debt coming due and I now want to pay it off. Uh, We have not heard those statements from clients in 10 years. Uh, but eventually, yeah, the, the Fed has done enough or does enough to cause people to change behavior. Uh, again, the purpose of raising interest rates is to slow the economy down and, and or to reduce asset prices. Too much money pushes asset prices too high, take the money away, and asset prices fall. So we are seeing it firsthand uh, of people taking money out of equities, uh, out of fixed income, and paying their debt off in its entirety. Uh, and I'm going to say these are individuals who actually have the choice and freedom to make such fluid calls. Jack and I are waiting for the forced individual to have to come to market and, and, and pay off their excessive amounts of debt. And again, if you look at the cost to service debt, it has gone parabolic. Um, but you don't realize it until you have to reset your mortgage. So a lot of people still have two, three years left on term. Uh, that's the market in front of us that we have to appreciate you know, what the ramifications will be when uh, renewal time comes along. The thing that's important when it comes to the markets, though, is that when we see the markets coming under some pressure at this time of year, and that's, that's a normal thing for both the Canadian and the U.S. equity markets. In fact, historically, the U.S. equity markets during the last 20 years has bottomed right around the middle of March. Now, this year is probably going to be closer to the next FOMC meeting, which is uh, going to be March the 22nd. Once you get past that, that's kind of like the peak of the bad news for the stock markets, both in Canada and the United States. And from there on, we can see equity markets moving significantly higher as we start to get beyond uh, the uh, monetary tightening in both Canada and the United States. You know, Jack made a really brilliant point uh, to me a couple of days ago. Uh, first thing, speaking about China, and I want you to pick up on this, uh, uh, Don. And again, if you're just tuning into Hi-Fi Radio Show about money, 640 in Toronto, I am Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager, Jack Hartle, Portfolio Manager, WolfgangKlein.com for all of your financial questions and answers. Um, we are talking technical. Uh, yeah, no, Jack, a couple of days you mentioned China. Uh, the significance of a controlled economy uh, and how the market often doesn't truly appreciate uh, the setup there. Can you eloquently share with us your thoughts about the command economy and they do as they're told type of mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when China pivots and makes a change, so they were in full lockdown because of COVID, which, you know, we experienced that as well here in North America. Yeah, with, a, and, with and, a mask below our nose. Yeah, globally. Don't, you can't do that in China. But, but when China says lockdown, they actually mean lockdown. They fully lock down. And then... When things open, it is a command-driven economy. I'm going to say that that country does what they're told for the most part, for various reasons. Uh, and when they open up, it's going to be more than people expected. And that's what we're starting to see in the numbers. And just this week, we saw uh, economically sensitive uh, commodities that I'm going to say are linked to, well, economic growth in China. Those base metals, energy did pretty well. Those types of commodities 
uh, got, got a bid this week. And I think it's partly due because China is reopening faster than people think, even as the North American and European economies are sort of sputtering. Interesting. Um, Don, have you noticed, it's funny, that this technology, once again, not working. It was off to the greatest start. Uh, pure adrenaline, new year, new beginnings. Let's buy some tech. Uh, I entered tech with a zero weight about three weeks ago. It was the last day of the rally, Don, straight down since I had to get my grubby little paws into tech stocks. Fortunately, I didn't buy too much, as I never do, so I can't get taken out of the game. But I still don't like to be wrong, and unfortunately, well, as I participate in the world of finance, I'm going to be wrong again and again and again as part of the humbling process and a part of the um, probabilities and, and, and just the, the laws of mathematics that we're dealing with. And again, it's amazing because I remember watching the Bernie Madoff story on Netflix and that man never had losses. And the statisticians came on board and said that is statistically impossible to avoid losses in the world of investments. You have to accept your losses. Uh, and again, that's part of the art and the self-awareness required to manage money. Katya forgot the name of one of her um, meme stocks, and that's just, you know, how she's dealing with it and healing from, you know, being, well, wrong. And it's difficult. It's difficult. We don't want to be wrong. We want to be right. But, well, we got to manage money, manage process, more importantly. Uh, And I guarantee you, Warren Buffett, uh, you know, he's getting hurt on some of his traits. Yeah, Uh, but I would say the tech stocks at the beginning of the year, Wolf, that's exactly what was going on. You talk about interest rates. Interest rates, we're in a bit of a sweet spot. The economy was still doing okay. Uh, It seemed like, well, inflation has peaked for this part of the cycle anyways, and and interest rates were coming down. Mm -hmm. Now, in the last, I'm going to say, week or two, inflation is a little bit more sticky than people had thought earlier in the year, and rates seem to be stickier as well, and they continue to rise. Uh, Don, again, stuff that is working that's really catching my attention, high-end brands. Stock I own, Louis Vuitton, Moet Chateau. Pretty good, eh? Uh, High-end brand. Ferrari. Ripping and roaring. Mercedes-Benz, working. Tesla was working until its most recently resulted a little hiccup, but nothing too significant. But So so automotive certainly has some legs to it, but not um, traditional automotive. GM and Ford, I don't know. Uh, Rivian Automotive apparently has an interesting problem of too much demand and can't supply it, but that stock is trending lower. Uh, but So I'm seeing strength there. The, the oil patch, mixed, but Exxon made a new high in the last few weeks. Um, CNQ's got some mojo again. Suncor sputtering. Vermilion trending lower. Arc trending lower. They're more gassy stocks, I guess. So, so the heavy, uh, the, the heavy crew name's doing well. So, so be it. The pipelines not working. The real estate sector mixed. The banking sector mixed. I already told you about my tech woes. Um, <laughs> so it's really bifurcated out there, Don. Actually, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned the tech because. Uh, Tech uh, stocks in certain parts of the of the world actually are working, and in fact, the ones that are working best are actually in China, which is the market which seems to be just starting to waken up. Well, that's exactly it's amazing, eh? The, it's very very true, Jack. I, one of our um, uh, partners at Canaccord uh, does a lot of business in Hong Kong, and I I think they were on a lockdown when he went. And he said, if you get quarantined, you better quarantine. To the tune that you can't even leave your building and go down the hallway to the elevator. Uh, the authorities do show up. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they take action. 
So they, as you back to your point, people do comply. Uh, the alternatives aren't terribly well, desirable. Say it's, a, it's a very efficient system. There's obviously drawbacks on it as well. On you know personal freedoms. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so the, the reopening of China is significant. Um, uh, the the question is, from an inflation point of view, did the market also pick up some inflationary impact from the China reopening? I think they did. I think that was part of the reason why inflation uh, reared its head a little bit again, or at least the bond market reacted to perhaps anticipation of some more inflation. Uh, and we did get some data out the last couple of days that were quite uh, inflationary, i.e. strong labor market. Um, Don, again, we have not hit recession yet. Uh, are we going into recession this year? Uh, will it be an economic recession? Will it be an earnings recession? What's your, and again, you're a technician and a seasonal investor. So, you know, but that said, you've been around for a few decades. Uh, please, what's your call on the year in terms of that? Yeah, let's uh, briefly get back to the technology side again. Um, what's happening there? The, um, there's a way of playing technology in, in China. That's The symbol is CQQQ. Oh, the, the triple and, Q's in China. Yeah, exactly. And clearly it's starting to act a lot better. Huh. Even more important, on Wednesday of this week, the Shanghai Composite Index broke to an eight-month high after going through a kind of a consolidation pattern. So China's starting to wake That's up. That's mainland China. That index represents mainland China, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And uh, that, that has great ramifications for for Canada as well, because the Chinese uh, use a lot of energy, like our oil and gas. Or Russia's oil and gas. And they also use a lot of, of our base metals, our coal, or all these things, which are very, very positive for Canada. Not surprising, uh, the uh, TSX Energy Index this past week is finally starting to come alive, and for good reason. Uh, we've seen uh, the expected increase in demand from China, and that's having a direct impact on our Canadian energy uh, sectors. Let me give you an example of that. The, uh, the key factor to watch when it comes to Canadian energy is what they call Western Canadian crude. Well, Western Canadian crude oil prices this is in the U.S. dollars is trading at $46 per barrel <laughs> in, in December. You said 46 46 Now they're trading at 62 Uh-huh. In less than two months, you've had a huge increase in the price of crude oil, and that is starting to have a direct impact on Canadian energy stocks. And not just the, the crude oil side, the natural gas side is fascinating as well. Uh, look at natural gas prices a year ago. Uh, $10 U.S. Yep. per MCF. And then two weeks ago, they were at $2 per wow. MCF. So that it, clearly that, that was not going to be very good for Canadian gassy companies. Indeed. But, Don, we have to hop here, my dear friend. Uh, hate to cut it short, uh, but we do have another guest lined up. And more importantly, we've got to pay some bills around here, of course, entertainment. Uh, Don Velo, uh, market technician, strategist, good friend of mine. Always a pleasure to... Get your views on the world. You certainly are very, very uh, experienced and knowledgeable. And can't thank you enough for your time. I'm uh, going to take a quick break and get right back to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. It is a show about... Money and music. More money than music, but uh, it's in my DNA.
And, you know, with money, well, it's about having some good times, I guess. And you got to let them roll once you have some money. Um, but you got to first get out of bed. You got to go to work. You got to save and you have to invest. Yes, it's boring at the beginning. That's when you want to let the good times roll. But sometimes you got to go to work. Do it. Um, and do it well. And find something you love. And then it's no longer work. And uh, the money will come. But you got to... Again, get engaged. You got to work and save from the beginning. And the sooner you start saving, the sooner your money can start to compound. You need 25 years. You got to put 25 years in. Uh, you want to start when you're 50? All right, you'll have money when you're 75. What if you start when you're 15? You will have money, I promise you, when you're 40. You want to be rich by 40? Start at 15. Uh, yep, just start five bucks a day, 10 bucks a day, 50 bucks a day, 100 bucks a day. The more, the better. Um, Jack, you, you saw a study recently saying Canadians need at least $2 million to retire. And my suggestion is double it to four. And I can help you get there. It's not that difficult to get to $4 million. It's not hard to get to $4 million. 1000 bucks a month, do that for about 35 years. You'll get to $4 mil if you buy quality equities. And I'm using historic returns. Historically, the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in America, goes up about 11%. TSX goes up about 9%. And away you go. So under promise, maybe you play with 8% type targets and do that for 40 years, you'll be fine. But you know something, if you're going to do a financial plan and, and have to live by that financial plan, tone that down. Estimate growth rates of around 5%. That way your numbers will come in a little softer, they'll look softer, you'll work a little harder, and you'll end up surprising, I think, to the upside. Um, Lara Borbadakis in La Belle Provence, in the city of Montreal. She's a resident financial planner with Canaccord. Um, we go far and wide to get the finest. And well, in Montreal is where the finest is. Lara, our clients love you. You've done great work uh, helping Jack and I with our clients uh, create really, really realistic financial plans that make sense, uh, are digestible, and aren't too complicated. Uh, I'm going to begin with, you know, most of the stuff that we talk about can be done on the back of an envelope. It's a common sense, straightforward stuff you need to do to build wealth. Um, so I want to thank you for simplifying, Lara, a very perhaps complicated discussion that can often take place. But I don't, we don't need to overcomplicate this stuff, do we? No, no, we don't have to. And thank you very much, uh, Wolfgang. Uh, no, uh, once we have the, the information, we try to present it as, as easy uh, as possible so that the client um, can, can understand where they're going to be getting their money, especially in retirement. Yeah, well, there's two stages. You have to build wealth and then you get to um, consume the wealth, right? There, there's a planting stage and there's a harvesting phase. And they are very, very different. Um, and, and I don't know which one, they're both equally important, um, but you can't harvest if you don't plant. So I think we spent a lot of time, Jack, on the planting process and, and, and on this radio show as well. Uh, but both matter. And in terms of the harvesting process, um, again, that's such an important conversation. How much of this money can I spend and not run out of money? Correct, Laura? Like that is the big question once you're getting into that retirement period. 100%. That would be most people's main concern, the fear of running out of money. Right. I would uh, say the, the fear of running out of money is obviously significant for people, but the fact that we put it on paper for clients, 
uh, I'm going to say gives them the freedom, gives them some flexibility. Sometimes it's a wake-up call too. So you look at both ends of the scale there. But we just had a client this week uh, living up in uh, the 705 area on the lake, uh, on a nice lake, and uh, they didn't want to spend money. They thought they didn't realize how much flexibility, how much wealth they've created and how, like you said, Wolf, you can start to, once you have that tree, you can take some fruit off it as long as you don't cut the tree they, down. They were richer than they thought. They were, and yeah. a lot, honestly, Wolf, a lot of people aren't. Uh, I, well, 50% <laughs> of Canadians have nothing. Uh, and again, we can help each and every one of those. If nothing, nothing but a conversation, happy to have it with any one of you. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to contact Jack and but I. When you hear those numbers, I'm going to say $1.7, $2 million, that's what you need to retire. Um, and you have to kind of do it yourself if you're not on a public pension. It's daunting for it, people. It, it it's a huge daunting. That's it the problem. Is. So you start with a big number and you think, I will never get there. And But then you break it down into bite-sized pieces. Month, day to day, you say, you got to go to work. You got to save. So save monthly. Like, and then break it down. The power of small man, numbers. A homeless man can do this. A homeless woman can do this. Uh, if they can survive living on the streets for 40 years, they could certainly build a wealth plan. 25, okay, we did right. $5 a day. So I see... Panhandlers collecting a little more than five bucks a day. How about $25 a day? Jack, $25 a day for 40 years at about a 9% return. My guesstimation is you're looking at about $3 million. Yeah. So the, 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 the that's ant- my point, though. The news and the media get it wrong because they throw this number out there right. way up in the sky, and every Canadian's thinking, geez, back. I'm not the 1%. I'm not the 5%. I can't do it, but I you can do it. I'm telling so, you, you can do right. it. So you got to get every started. Every Canadian can do it. You got it started. Yep. And, and start s- small. Or big. You can start big well, too, Jack. I know, but just I'm just start. saying. When, you, when just you, got, you, you said you have to start when you're start. 15, though, Wolf. So I'm not going to start large when I'm 15. I'm going to start with what I got when I'm 15. And guess what? You don't have a lot of expenses when you're Jack, young. Jack, so. you're, you're underestimating yourself. Come on, man. I, you, let's take you up a notch here, Jack. You're going to start big. You think big. You're a big thinker. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, you start anytime. Just start. Start, 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 Exactly. Start, That's my point. Start. That's my point. Um, and, you know, when, when, when your grandparents give you some money, you don't have to spend it on earbuds. That cancel out sound. I don't like those things. My daughter has them. Every time we go into her bedroom, she gets startled and jumps off the bed because she's so engulfed and entranced in, in her own little cyber world. Cut some well, grass, that- shovel some snow, do something, make some money. What happened to those days? How often do you see kids walking down the sidewalk with shovels in their hand? I used to, Jack, you did that, didn't you? In, your, in Calden? Or Nobleton, Nobleton. I know they know the lots yes, of Yes, I would cut lawns and I would certainly do this, a few driveways. But the, yeah. the point of birthday money, Wolf, it's no different when you're older than when you're young. When you're, I'm going to say, 15-year-old, you get birthday money from your grandparents. What do you do? You spend it. You spend it. Okay. So what do people do when they get an inheritance? What do they do? Hold on. Same what thing? do they, they do, do when they get a windfall? They do the same what thing. What do they do when they win the lottery? They spend it. They spend, they spend, spend it, Jack. It's spend. bad, 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 bad. Uh, it's not just the 15-year-olds you, know, you got to you know, turn We, we have a lottery winner, a uh, client of ours that we've had for almost two decades. They won 649. I'm going to share this with you. They won 6049 uh, to the tune of about $4 million. Today, they have their $4 million still. And they have Want to make more money? Also, Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. So they, they were given a, 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 a fully mature acreage of vegetation all they had to do was harvest and they have been harvesting but not too much for the last 20 years but they harvested about three times what they have won in the lottery uh they said they won the lottery twice once when they won the won the lottery and the second time is when they hired jack and i uh so again it so can it, be done there, there can it's, be it's success a, it's stories. a renewable resource wolf as long as you <laughs> yeah as long as, as long as you don't cut down the tree i right, do a little pruning Yes. Um, Laura, uh, you know, something I want to really focus on this year, um, because I've, I've gone through it now a few times, uh, it's, it's all part of financial planning. 
And I want to work a little closer with you just, just to share with you some ideas. Um, but part of a good financial plan is having a good estate plan. Part of a good estate plan is basically a will. Um, Laura, I can't tell you how many people are not having their wills written very thoroughly, uh, only to find after someone has passed away and you read the document and you say, oh, my God, this is onerous. This is vague. This person is not qualified. A lot of mistakes. Um, I can share with you a couple of really important things that uh, should be discussed with lawyers uh, when, when creating a will, Laura, and I want you to give me your opinion on it. Number one, the executor, I think, should be the right person uh, who is capable of the work ahead of them, um, who should, number one, not be allowed to take an executor fee, the reason being it's taxed. So what the testator should do, the person writing the will should do, is they should, if they, if they like the executor, uh, they should gift them something, bequeath them something in the will because all inheritances are tax-free. So don't give them executor fee. Write in the will, I, I, I'm going to give to um, Alara uh, $50,000 uh, in lieu of uh, her executor duties. And that way it's a tax-free trade. Uh, are you aware of that move, Lara? Yes, yeah, so, so that's that's actually a, a good the, a good move in order to do that to in order to uh, to also make it motivating to a sense because it's 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 a lot of work to be an executor. Uh, I am one. It, it, it's 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 a very ungrateful um, yeah. uh, exercise it, with a, a lot of responsibility. So, friends, if you're drafting your will to dovetail into that financial plan, which dovetails into your investment plan, which dovetails into the forty year plan, it's all one and the same. Um, that will document is so important. So you exactly choose that person wisely. Secondly, you should have an alternative executor. Same thing. Choose that person widely. But third point, for the most part, don't have two co-executors. It is too onerous on both of them to have to go to the bank together, sign documents together, share liability. No, one person. If that person is around, a second person. Um, So I think that's very, very important. Number two, bequeath to them. Do not allow them to take an executor fee because it is taxable income. Um, But two, I think executors need to, from an investment point of view, they have to be able to invest the money. And two, if it's not specified in the will, they're going to be forced to invest the money in a beyond prudent man point of view, whereby they can take on no risk. Uh, And without risk comes no reward. Uh, It may be a market where they don't need to take risk, like currently where you can make 5% on a GIC. um, But in a period of a zero rate environment, and the money could be sitting in the estate for several years. Yeah, they don't want that money sitting idle. Perhaps some bank stocks and utility stocks do make sense. Give the executor more power beyond the prescribed um, direction from the province. Uh, the next point I'm going to talk about, Laura, is uh, the creation of testamentary trusts for children. If there are minor children involved in testamentary trusts, the province has to get duplicate statements until that minor becomes an adult. That is another level of complexity. But look, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking plans because if you fail to have a plan, you plan to fail. Um, Lara Borbadakis, our resident uh, financial planner with uh, CG Wealth Management, spending some time with us live from Montreal. Uh, It's very important stuff, my good friends. We're here to help you have more money. We're here to help you plan. Quick commercial break, 640 in Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio will be right back. There's no stopping us now. Now that we've found our way There's no stopping us now Our love is here to stay Welcome back. Foolishly, we've My friends, once you lay the pipe, there'll be no stopping you. 
takes time, requires effort, partnerships with people like Jack and I certainly help the cause a whole lot. Um, but the heavy lifting truly is up to you, but you can do it. Small bite-sized pieces and along the way, plan and you can refresh your plan. If your plan is right, you should be overachieving your plan, by the way. And that's always fun to take a look at a plan that uh, Lara produced for a client three years ago and say, hey, you're ahead of plan. Hey, I can spend more money. No, just leave it alone. Stop it with the spend. Another 10 years to go. Then you can spend. You're only 35, you know? Uh, but it does take time and uh, it's a process. Creation, create, writing of a will, Lara, uh, I, I can't stress the importance of this document enough because it it, it is de facto. Uh, when a person passes away, their will dictates, period. Non-negotiable. Be careful what you put on that paper. And if you name Johnny as the executor, Johnny is the executor. If Johnny opts out and there is no alternative, the courts will decide who your executor becomes. Not good. Your executor, Lara, they have to be competent. This is a lot of work. Um, have, have you worked with many clients dealing with the challenges of uh, unwinding an estate and trying to incorporate that into their own financial plans? And, and if so, what flags did you see come up? Yeah, so first of all, like like I said earlier, Wolfgang, is they, they underestimate um, how long it's going to take. Um, sometimes it actually does get caught. They get into fights with other with other members uh, in terms of, of, of how the money's going to be um, And so it takes much longer than they think before they actually get it. And sometimes it could take years um, yep. for, for various reasons. It could take years. Even the simplest of, of estates could sometimes take years because of bureaucracy, a whole bunch of different issues that come up. Yeah, you, you know, you made a very interesting point. Fight. Fight amongst siblings. What, not your family? No fighting in your family? Please. I think we're all dysfunctional. Eh? And one, well, I would one, say one, when, one, it, when it comes to money, Wolf, obviously it can cause problems. Oh. And obviously if someone is involved, maybe the executor uh, and the others aren't happy with the timelines and things that are going on there, that can also cause issues as well. What about you, the siblings just don't like each other? Now one sibling is going to be the executor. And again, I, I, I said at the beginning, it should be one, not two. So if, if Johnny doesn't like Susie, they should certainly not be co. And yeah, someone's got to be put first as to who's, who's most qualified to be the executor. And again, often it's the younger child who's better educated or more interested in the world of finance and, and, and the likes to take on the role. And then the big sibling, oh, I was the <laughs> oldest, but I mean, all kinds of, it doesn't matter. Um, one per, and you want to sort of minimize how much involvement they're going to have uh, with their co-siblings in terms of the ongoing management of the assets. In other words, when trusts are created and there's some contention among siblings, probably not the best structure. I repeat, we had a, one client who wanted the, the sibling A who did who, who who fought with sibling B to oversee a trust, and I said that makes absolutely no sense. You can't have one person overseeing a trust for someone else when they don't like each other. So eliminate the trust concept and maybe look at life insurance, Lara, uh, an annuity. Uh, often people want to have a fixed amount going to Johnny on a monthly basis because Johnny is. Uh, not qualified, not capable uh, to keep him from himself. They're willing to spend all the money and then be homeless in three months later. We've seen that before. It happens. Absolutely. Uh, so a life insurance Absolutely. annuity, Lara, can make some sense. Uh, have you used annuities uh, for estate purposes? Yes, yes. So actually I had done one where um, the was actually left in the will where the father wanted his son to get an annuity because, and he was, was an adult son. His son was yep. already in his 50s. Uh, but 
he he was not good with money. Right. He knew he was going to spend And after 50 years so. of example, he knows he's not going to be good with money in the next 50. But we talk about what happens with inheritance, and for most people, if they go out and blow it, they take the windfall and spend it. So if you're not good on with money... Uh, it's, it is a recipe for disaster. So annuity forces yeah. that it's just a little bit every month and you can't change it. Yeah, it's a structure that would make sense for an individual like that. The other point that I would make, we're talking about financial plans. Laura does an exceptional job for our clients. Uh, when Thank we, you, Laura. When we run financial plans for clients, we do not typically put an inheritance in because it's something you can't control. Things can change dramatically. People can live longer than expected. And you know what? It's very expensive to to get old. Well, husband and wife, and, and, and the wife says, I'm going to inherit $10 million one day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, wife catches husband. Well, there's another good point. Wife catches husband a little hanky-panky and says, see ya. And then husband has no inheritance coming to him. He was banking on his wife's inheritance. Didn't happen. Yeah, Happens inheritance is something that time. is completely separate from the matrimonial assets. So if you're banking on it, you don't get the money that you may be expecting. Friends, once again, the good news is Jack and I can shout, help you do it. Uh, you don't need to inherit money. You don't need to win the lottery. You don't even need to be super smart. Get out of, get out of bed, go to work, save consistently. A thousand bucks a month of, of investing consistently is really the magic formula. You, you, just under five million bucks, a thousand bucks, that's 12 grand a year. Oh, that's a lot of money. Come on. Come on. Well, how much is a car lease payment? That, that itself is a thousand bucks a month for a nice car. Uh, easy to do it. A thousand bucks a month is two fifty a week. Is what, Jack? Is it fifty bucks a day? Yeah, fifty bucks a day. Eh? Yeah, I would say when you break it down into bite-sized pieces, it works. You can do it, and then you can do a financial plan that will meet your long-term goals and objectives. And that's what Laura helps us with. Uh, Laura, once again, I can't thank you enough for for your help. Uh, my clients really, really, our clients really appreciate and really enjoy the process uh, that you walk them through. So you're very, very professional and uh, broad, uh, broad based in your in your thinking, which is very, very helpful. Because well, yeah, it's it's, it's a wide catch net. We have to make sure we cover off all the bases. Uh, I want to wish you a great weekend, uh, Lara. Thanks again. And thank you. Uh, Jack, producer of the show, as always, a very, very fine job. Uh, Jack is a portfolio manager. I'm a portfolio manager. Uh, Lara, of course, is a financial planner. And, uh, well, our toolbox is large. And, uh, well, uh, there's many hammers in it. We're here to help. Call us. WolfgangKlein.com. Have a great weekend. And uh, Katya, our producer extraordinaire, we're here to help you, too. You stand by. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week.